0: Hemlock Knots. Cracking the Restoration's toughest subjects through rational, balanced analysis of source material.
1: Hey everybody, today's topic is Altering LDS Church History.
0: You know, Mark, we talked a lot about this title, Altering the History. So, altering history, changing history, revising history, what we're trying to look at are the sources... Are a bunch of different sources and quotes from around right after Joseph died uh all the way up to more recent decades in in, in church from church leaders to look at the troubled history of the history essentially troubled meaning right. there have been lots of claims that it was perfect and untouched and then there have been lots of um not only claims but evidences that that certain things have have been altered or changed over time and we've had our the first major history that came out was the bh roberts seven volume set that was published and he went th- and he was going through a certain history we're going to talk about that but then the most recent church history published by the church is the the saints volumes 1 and 2 which is obviously a lot shorter the, shorter than the seven volume set and and it isn't just a reduced you know summarized version of those seven volumes for example that they've gone through and said well we're actually saying that this is what happened now based off of whatever they or basing it off of. Um, And so, so what we're trying to look at today is, okay, so what kind of happened? What sources are there to look at this to say, okay, what changes were maybe made or were there changes made? Right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so jump into this first one, which is the earliest or or one of the earlier uh, pieces that we have. Yeah. And so we're going to try
1: our hardest to just look, we're going to show you what was written from them. Like let them tell you What was changed and why and by who and and we're going to try to keep you know the commentary and opinions out of it as much as we can so um this first slide we're going to cover is um from history of the church volume 7 um page 389 right so this comes from april 1st 1845 okay so this is um just under a year after joseph smith's death brigham young is saying i commenced revising the history of joseph smith at brother richard's office Uh, that's Willard Richards, Elder Heber C. Kimball and George A. Smith were with me. President Joseph Smith had corrected 42 pages before his massacre. It afforded us great satisfaction to hear Brother Willard Richards read the history of the infancy of the church, adjourned at 11 p.m., having read 140 pages in book A. Uh, Now you'll notice here Brigham Young is admitting that A, he's revising history with uh, Willard Richards, Heber C. Kimball, and George A. Smith. You're going to see their names quite a bit. That's the main committee. There were others, but um, all members of the twelve. Yeah, and then these were apostles. And, and
0: Richards, Richards was appointed right after the death of Joseph Smith. He was appointed by Brigham to be the church like historian, right?
1: Yeah, and so Brigham Young is also saying here a very important detail: forty-two pages were revised by President Joseph Smith. He's claiming that Joseph Smith did forty-two pages before he died. Now, considering this is on page three hundred and eighty-nine of volume seven of church history, right? Now, some of this was after his death, of course, but uh, you know there were hundreds, maybe thousands, of pages of total church history that came from the period of Joseph Smith's lifetime. So, Joseph Smith edited or corrected very little of this church history, relatively, right? And so we can see that here, even with with Brigham Young admitting it.
0: Well, here's something curious. The, the tone of the quote, so it's really, we can never know from a single quote necessarily if someone's telling all the truth, part of the story. Uh, it what 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 requires is more information. So, if this is the only quote we have and the only piece of evidence that we have, then we're left to wonder, okay, so Joseph was trying to correct history according to this statement and Brigham just, continued what Joseph was trying to do. okay great and that's how it's presented and that's how it comes across and that's how it's accepted. We're, we're gonna challenge that a little bit on this episode because uh, one, Joseph wasn't necessarily trying to alter change or correct he was trying to just write it he was trying to just get it down because they realized they were missing a lot of information mm-hmm. and uh, and so, so for Brigham to say that Joseph was going through and correcting all of history because it was all incorrect um, might be misleading. I'm not saying it is misleading. I'm saying it might be. And we're going to look at some evidence yeah. that shows that uh, that there might have been a little bit more changing things than, than maybe Joseph was intending.
1: For sure. All right, let's move on to the next slide there.
0: Okay, so here's another one. The date when Brigham began revising the history is also corroborated corroborated by a note at the top of page 42 of the manuscript which reads tuesday april 1 commenced revising page 42 in the manuscript is in the handwriting of james maholland the first clerk to write in the manuscript history book and deals with a conference held 1 june 1830 and so we get that also from volume 7 that commentary that that piece right there
1: absolutely uh, so this is from James, or sorry, Charles Wandell um, in his biography of Charles Wesley Wandell, um, page 455 to 463. He says, I noticed the interpolations because having been employed in the historian's office at Nauvoo by Dr. Richards, that's Willard Richards, and employed too in 1845. So this is the same year Brigham Young was talking about, commenced revising history. All right. So back to the quote. And employed, too, in 1845, in compiling this very autobiography, I know that after Joseph's death, his memoir was doctored to suit the new order of things, and this, too, by the direct order of Brigham Young to Dr. Richards, and systematically by Richards. So, real quick question. Hints here.
0: Yeah. One of those hints... Would you talk about that phrase, the new order of things? Because that is a peculiar phrase that shows up so many times um, during that era of of, uh, church history.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you see references to the new order of things occasionally um, in some of the writings. You know, the the Twelve talked about it quite a bit, which is like the new—it involved polygamy. It involved, you know— Know, yeah, the new the
0: new order, the order of living everlasting
1: life. covenant of marriage and all this other stuff was included into that new order of things, quote unquote. So it looks yeah. like, you know, Charles Wesley Wandell is saying that while he was working in the office of Willard Richards, he was aware and he said he knew that Joseph's memoirs were being altered and doctored to suit the new order of things, meaning to fit in language of everlasting covenant, polygamy and all these other things. Um, that, that makes it sound like that's what he's getting at. Yeah, as far if, as, it, if
0: it doesn't suit that, then you leave it out. And if it does suit it, you include it. And if it needs to be altered a little bit, you are revised a little bit so that it so that it fits. Then you do that. Now, right. he could have been lying. Charles Charles Wandel could have been lying. So sure. we have to totally say that. Right. But that is his testimony in his from his journals, which is should, interesting.
1: We should be able to see what Brigham Young said about this. George A. Smith. Let's see what um, Willard Richards says about it. And let's take a look at their documents to see if they actually were doctored. That should be evident by just inspecting them, right?
0: Right. So so we'll, we'll shift gears a little bit then and see from Wilford Woodruff's journal then uh, that this rev- revision of censorship of the official history, look, look at those words, that this revision of censorship of the official history came from Brigham Young is evidenced by an 11 July 1856 reference in Wilford Woodruff's diary. Apostle Woodruff, working in the church historian's office, questioned Young respecting a, quote, piece of history on book E1, page 1681-2. Now, it's important, just a real quick interjection. If you haven't been to the Joseph Smith Papers, uh, you can go there and see that the history of the church, the history of the church comes from the... Um, the documentary history and those volumes are labeled A, B, C, D, E. So this is essentially volume five um, of the documentary history. That's just how they labeled it. Just, just FYI, just so you know, it's like what is this book E one? Blah blah blah. Um, that's how they. That's how they did it. Okay, so respecting a piece of history on book E one, page sixteen eighty one two, concerning Hiram leading this church. Now this is in eighteen forty three, and tracing. The ironic priesthood, tracing the ironic priesthood curious. Young advised it is not essential to be inserted in the history, and it had better be omitted. Now, this is according to the testimony of Richard von Wagner, summarizing Wilfred Woodruff's diary or journal entry or diary entry from July 11 1856. Now, fifty-six is a big jump. Why, Mark? Why is there such a big jump into the fifties regarding this revision of church history? Can you give us a? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so they did a lot of work in you know eighteen forty-five to like eighteen forty-seven. There was a lot of.
0: Um, yeah, the first couple of years after Joseph died, they, they got did... a lot of
1: work done, and they sat down and they cranked it out almost every day. It seemed like for certain times. So, you know, then they were migrating west, you know, to Utah, and they had to to build factories and industries and homes and th- there was a distraction for a number of years while they got settled and it seems like they picked it up again in probably 1852 1853 yeah it was eight, a while eight, later it
0: wasn't until the 50s that they yeah, picked it back
1: 1853 up. until 1857 you see this massive push to get these these history volumes done right um and locked in so you know 1852 you had the dnc 132 stuff came out so there were some revisions that were happening but i think systematically as far as the official church history those are the right. Biggest, the biggest. So
0: this time stamp seems out of place when we were just quoting from 1845. But when we when you know the block of what it took for them to finish this uh documentary history, church history stuff, the documentary history took until 1856. So that puts this journal entry right in line with uh towards the completion of that. Now I have one quick note on that, and I think that's and I think. I think that that piece is important, which is why I wanted to detour, because the notion of Hiram Smith leading the church is a late 1843 occurrence. Now, we have quotes from Joseph um, and some interesting references, and you can find these on Joseph Smith papers, that they're also included in the words of Joseph Smith, compiled by Andrew E. Hat. about Hiram becoming prophet and president of the church. Now, they were co-presidents, just Um, because he was part of the First Presidency, but actually listed as co-president. And Joseph talked about Hiram leading the church, and then you have these references of him talking about how how some members were feeling uncomfortable with the idea of Hiram leading the church. Uh, So that matches the timestamp, because if that's a late 1843 occurrence in the history of the church, which might not be well known amongst a lot of our listeners, it would be towards the end of this period when they're Getting all the history compiled, which would be 1856. So I th- I think that's really interesting to compare those those two timestamps, those timelines. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And in future episodes, we will dive into specifics of what was changed. This, right, is, a, yeah. this is an overview of, of what happened and who did it. But we're going to get into these examples and, right. and blow some minds in the coming months. So buckle up. All right. So we keep going. Yeah. All right. The next slide. This is from J. Reuben Clark, right? He was a, an apostle. Um, And so he says, in regards to admitting events from LDS history, quote, the documentary history of the church, unfortunately, as printed, does not contain all of the documentary history as it is written. Brother Roberts made some changes in it. We do not know always what the changes were or what they are so that as an absolute historical source, the printed documentary history is not one that we can invariably rely upon. Brother Robert's work is the work of an advocate and not of a judge, and you cannot always rely on what Brother Robert says. Frequently, he started out, apparently, to establish a certain thesis, and he took his facts to support his thesis. And if some facts got in the way, it was too bad, and they were omitted. Too
0: bad. <laughs> LDS Apostle, J. Reuben Clark. All right, keep going. Well, uh, let, let me let me comment on that real quick. Yeah. So... The documentary history, again, just to reiterate for, for listeners that might not have it all sorted out, the documentary history is the history that was being um, created or written down, headed by Willard Richards, that, that we saw in that verse first slide, commenced revising the history. That That revised history that they produced is called the documentary history. Then decades later, B.H. Roberts is assigned to basically print it and it becomes the printed history known as History of the Church. History of the Church Volumes 1 through 7. That's what most of us are familiar with, yeah. And so J. Reuben Clark here is trying to emphasize, don't assume that this printed history Volume 1 through 7, History of the Church, is the same as what was on the documentary history um, from Brigham. Now, that's... Or Brigham, Willard, et cetera, et cetera. That's interesting to note that there's those changes. And we're also going to be talking about We've point. We've already insinuated and hinted at, and shown a little bit in this episode, and in the future episodes. Mark mentioned showing changes from apparent history to the documentary history. So we have whatever happened, and then how they wrote about it happening in documentary history, and then how B. H. Roberts wrote about it from documentary history. So we just have those couple different blocks to keep in mind.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So some of these some of these changes were just additions. They were they were add they would add things. Some of them were omitted, um, like we talked about. Wilfred Woodruff, I mean, in the Latter-day Saint community, like he's known as one of the ultimate historians as far <laughs> as record keeping and journals. I think. So here's what he said. I spent the day in the office. President Young was with us. That's Brigham Young. Three hours in hearing history read. So Brigham Young's listening to the history be read to him for three hours, right? He asked if there had been any note made of this of his meeting in Nauvoo at Joseph's house at the time Hiram had preached the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants as the standard. oh, While I took the ground that there, they were of no account to us without a living prophet and revelations. I told him we would examine and see. So here you have 1856, 12 years after Joseph and Hiram are dead, Brigham Young is listening to the history being read back and saying, Wait, isn't there something about me saying that modern prophets are more important than the word of God in scripture?
0: Right, adding <laughs> and, an add, event. And Wilford uh, Woodruff's
1: like, I don't know. We'll check and see. Potentially, like,
0: we'll see. potentially adding an event. Now <laughs> yep. uh, what's interesting, and, and this will be again one of the hopefully we can get to it in a later episode and do pulling this as an example because it's an interesting example. And we have a conflicting example from the times and seasons that that some of us are well aware of, and that's in the march or april 1844 times and seasons we have the printed article from either joseph or hiram or john taylor um the, the name's not attached to it so it's just assumed by the editor that that very statement that compare everything anyone says including a prophet to the standard works to the bible the book of mormon the, and the revelations which are now in the doctrine of covenants and if there's anything preached against them uh, set that man down as an imposter so so that is is interesting to to compare this event to, and we'll be able to go into more detail on that later mm-hmm.
1: at the end of the day, Brigham Young is listening to the history read and saying, I, "I don't see this thing in here about modern prophets being more important than the Word of God, which, you know, Hiram or Joseph one of them said, "You know, set him down as an imposter if there's a conflict, right?" And so going back to this, um we're going to take a look at the modern church history from Uh, the most recent publication and compilation called, you know, Saints, Volumes 1 and 2. Um, Let's take a look at what was added um, into the history later on, okay? Reluctantly, this is out of Saints, Volume 1, Chapter
0: 40. So this is the event that was just talked about. This
1: was the event that he was referring to. Reluctantly, Brigham agreed to preach, and he walked home with the prophet. They found Hiram standing beside the fireplace, speaking to a full house. He held the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the Doctrine and Covenants in his hand. That's a pretty full hand. And declared that they were the law of law God had given them to build up his kingdom. Everything more than these, Hiram said, is of man and is not of God. Gotta love Hiram. Brigham listened to Hiram's sermon, his emotions rising. I don't know why that would make anyone angry, but... Beside him, Joseph sat with his face buried in his hands,
0: As if he were ashamed of what he just said.
1: When Hiram finished, Joseph nudged Brigham and said, Get up. Go get him, Brigham. Brigham stood and picked up the scriptures Hiram had set down. He laid the books in front of him one by one so everybody in the room could see. Quote, I would not give the ashes of a rye straw for these three books he declared without the living oracles of God lacking a latter-day prophet he said the saints were no better off than they were before joseph god i'm sorry no better off than they were before god revealed the gospel through joseph smith when he finished brigham could tell his sermon had moved hiram rising to his feet hiram humbly asked the saints to forgive him brigham was right he said, as valuable as the scriptures were, they were no substitute for a living prophet.
0: that's interesting interesting an interesting event,
1: yeah. and so um in the in the next episodes that we're going to do where we show specific examples of this, this story is traced back to an account that was added in eighteen fifty six to church history that's when right. the that's when the writing was done on that particular verse. So, or that, that story.
0: Right. It was, and maybe it was a perfect memory of Brigham's. Um, it just interestingly, maybe. it just interestingly, and maybe even conveniently was a random event that he remembered from 13 years prior that just happened to support him being more important than the scriptures.
1: And I've cataloged a lot of the stuff that was omitted from church history, stuff that was just this whole section crossed out or this whole sermon we're going to remove. The majority of that topically is Hiram Smith's teachings.
0: Which is curious.
1: Those two did not get along as far as how they saw the world.
0: It's a wonder why. Yeah. All right. So let's jump to the next one here. So here we have Willard Richards, again, still on the same topic, adding events to history. So here's the happiness letter. So the happiness letter, so we don't have a date, we don't have a signature, don't have an address, don't have names, which is curious for a letter. (laughs) Right. Added to church history in 1855 by Thomas Bullock, who also helped. So Thomas Bullock uh, kept a lot of notes as a scribe of like a a lot of Joseph's sermons during the Nauvoo period. And then he was helping in the church history department under Richards, right? So uh, this included in a letter dated... 2nd of August, 1842, by John C. Bennett, our favorite, uh, published August 19, 1842, so a couple weeks later, in Sangamo Journal newspaper. So this was added as Joseph Smith's journal entry for August twenty-seventh, 1842. What's so, the
1: problem with it, those dates? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, they're just not fully matching up, right?
1: So it showed up in a newspaper. Uh, it was delivered uh, to somebody as a letter before Joseph ever wrote it in his journal. So that's
0: interesting. Right. And, and then this quote is definitely one that, um, that, that, that will probably be recognized. The happiness is the object and design of our existence and will be the end thereof if we pursue the path that leads to it. And this path is virtue uprightness, brightness, faithfulness, holiness, keeping all the commandments of God, but we cannot keep all the commandments without first knowing them. We cannot expect to know all or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now the, the, the quote itself says good things. I mean, I'm not going to bash the quote. It's just uh, but but those pieces of information are very peculiar to say that, OK, this was published in this newspaper, but it was his journal entry for the 27th of August, which just three weeks, more than three weeks after the letter is dated. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What and, and
1: what's weird about it is that Joseph, we have record of Joseph Smith, Sidney Rigdon, And Nancy Rigdon, who this letter was delivered to by this Willard Richards fellow, apparently supposedly trying to persuade her that polygamy was the right thing to do. um, Ironically calling it the happiness letter. But, um, you know, so the issue is that we have three people recording that this was not from Joseph Smith. Right. It's not in his handwriting. It was not delivered by him. It had nothing to do with him. Plus, he's denying it. And even Sidney Rigdon, who was battling with Joseph a few times, and Nancy Rigdon, you know, um, you know, they they both admitted publicly that this was not from Joseph Smith, right? And yet, it's being written as a journal entry of Joseph Smith in his own handwriting as something he taught by this guy in 1855. Like, you know, weird stuff, right? So but,
0: yeah, so that's adding an entry to history that didn't happen. I mean, yeah, that letter was written by somebody, but somebody it wasn't it. Joseph's entry on his journal for 27 August 1842.
1: Yeah, so it's it's very dishonest, you know, academically, historically.
0: Okay, next one. So here's some more from Thomas Bullock.
1: So here's an example of like, you can take a look at these documents themselves and 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 inspect them. What's weird about them? Look at the patterns between all the pages and do you see stuff written in margins and things? That's typically something you want to slow down and read. Um, Here we have, you know, in Joseph Smith papers, this is number 7998, page 310 document, Um, Joseph Smith, the the notes there say, President Joseph Smith's journal, right? It's, It's not his journal, it's the handwriting of Willard Richards, right? This stuff was added much, much later in the top margin And we have the note here that says, later, Thomas Bullock inscribed the following list of marriages and ceilings in ink on page 310. Some of the notations, example, Marinda Johnson to Joseph Smith represent plural marriages. Okay, so Joseph Smith's making a list of of all these marriages, supposedly, right? And then Thomas Bullock, in what year would this be? 18... In the 1850s is when he got on the scene and started making changes in these volumes. He's adding to the top margin, Mirinda Johnson to Joseph Smith as a ceiling. (laughs) No, they didn't.
0: No, 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 they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? Huh?
1: Huh? Right. Joseph Smith wasn't alive when that was ever, you know... Uh, recorded anywhere. So th- these are some examples of them going back to suit the new order of things. Remember, memoirs are being doctored to suit the new order of things, and they're pri- and they're writing in a lot of stuff that has to do with them. Um, right. So, so the doctors. question
0: the question would be to Thomas Bullock. Well, why why are you writing that there? What what information did he have access to that made him go? Oh, we're missing we're missing Marinda Johnson sealing Joseph Smith in this on this day, eighteen forty three. Um, so, so that's the question, right? And that's the question that we'd have to ask and pursue to see if we can find any answers, which thankfully we have some people that have done some work and pulled out some possible explanations as to where you might've gotten that information, right? Mm -hmm. That we can look into later. Oh yeah. Okay. So the next one Here's this an example really, of really curious.
1: a very, very common thing you'll see. If you read these documents, you will see major gaps in the pages, only sometimes, not always. So this is not a standard thing to leave several blank lines in between entries, but on the entries that are the most questionable. Now, this particular one, right? Do you guys notice this date here? Wednesday, July 12th, 1843. It's That's a very big date. What happened, Dustin? Dustin?
0: <laughs> So that date is the is the alleged date of the giving of the revelation section 132 about polygamy and then being the new and everlasting covenant. Now on that date, that date is directly from William Clayton, who claims that it was him, Joseph Smith, and Hiram Smith, and only those three that were present when Joseph received the revelation and William Clayton uh wrote it down but the revelation didn't come forward until the early 1850s 1852 i believe and so there was no way to um immediately and directly like corroborate and be like wait so that's what william clayton says happened did that happen do we have any other evidence of that happening so when we're looking at this entry here like okay so this is this is william clayton saying or received revelation in the office in the presence of Hiram and uh, William Clayton. Okay, blank. Yeah, just so is that the revelation he received? Was a was a blank? Uh,
1: it it was probably to be written or finalized at some future point. You know, I don't know. Maybe they were still working on it in Brigham Young's lockbox on his desk.
0: Right, because this isn't this isn't Joseph's actual entry. What we're looking at here what they're all doing is they're going all these journals and they're going to whatever documents they're doing or whatever memories they have. And they're taking that stuff and then they're writing on their documentary history volumes on their pages. So he's writing for this entry in in there and saying, okay, now they didn't write directly to the documentary history. They were doing drafts.
1: The story is you can look through these documents and anytime you see major, major gaps, like typically in most cases, you can actually find that right around that time, there were some some a lot of things that were were added later or extrapolated upon yeah it's right?
0: leaving it's leaving room to write things if they later. need to write
1: things later on they're making sure that there's space there because they might yeah, not and, have and full and this story. is a
0: occur- this is an occurrence that happens frequently and it's very curious and convenient that one of these occurrences is the biggest revelation of them all the one that says everything's changing we're doing multiple wives this is god's law uh and this is god's eternal law this is it <laughs> this is enormous and i received revelation in the presence of my brother and william clayton and blank so yeah, is that so, really what happened is that is this being doctored with anyway yeah. just something to think about right something to think about
1: just be aware of of that so All right. So, who the the biggest question people have is yeah, there were some changes. Who, Who cares? But who supervised these? Whose idea was this? Who was orchestrating this stuff? And you have a few hints already. But now, this is from History of the Church, Volume 7, page 243. Quote I mean, this is published in the dang books you can buy at Deseret Book and at DI on the shelves. I mean, this is right there in our own history. Moreover, since the death of the prophet Joseph, the history has been carefully revised under the strict inspection of President Brigham Young and approved of by him. Okay, so that's one person, right? Uh, Here's an example. Um, Handwriting on this page is Robert L. Campbell, right? So here you have an entire sermon that's being crossed off and, and not included. And it says the graphite notation. So in the margins of this page, right? It says in the text on Joseph Smith papers, it's explaining what that is in the margin written graphite notation in margin that this canceled passage is quote, not to go in by B orders. End quote. Who's B Y <laughs> Brigham Young. So Brigham Young is ordering this thing to not make it into the church history. We talked about omissions later. Uh, Wilford Woodruff saying, Hey, what do I do about this thing about Hiram having the priesthood and patriarchal lineage? Uh, it had better not go in, you know, Brigham Young said. So, so we have at least a couple of examples where we can actually see documented on these pages, on these, on these documents themselves, notations where the people working on the history were saying, Brigham Young said, don't include this. Right. Mm. And so is this just conspiracy theory in 2021 from two, two apostate kids? no. No, look it's at these documents. <laughs> oh, well, I put the thing of this slide, much. but anyway, so you guys have to look at these documents yourselves and figure out what's going on. You know, right. Don't be offended. It's okay. Like this is just what happened. Right. Well, and Let's it ta-
0: and it takes time. I mean, look, you this stuff right here. Like, this takes time to find and to look at. But the cool thing about the Joseph Smith Papers Project, at least for now, while it's available, right? Hopefully, it stays available, and they keep putting more stuff up. Let's hope. But but you can. Take the time to look at it, and that's one reason why we try and do these podcasts and these episodes, so that we can help in that search to say, okay, look, this is, what we're saying, we're we're giving some some commentary and a little bit of interpretation, but we're trying to be objective about it, but there are some issues here. We can't just ignore and say, well, my the tradition I've been handed down is that it was all good, it was all okay, and it's totally fine because Brigham was a prophet, so he could approve all that. Uh, but it's not okay to say something happened if it didn't happen. It's not okay to say this was so-and-so's journal entry or this was what so-and-so said if it wasn't their entry and they didn't say it. Those things aren't okay. So then we have to say, wait a second, what's going on?
1: Would Brigham Young? Another question is, what would Brigham Young say? Was he involved in rewriting and editing church history? Would he admit to that if we cornered him and said, hey, did you do this? Well, let's check it out, let's, shall we? Let, let's check it out. What did he write himself? April 1st, 1845. I commenced revising the history of Joseph Smith at Brother Richard's office. Elder Heber C. Kimball and George A. Smith were with me. Uh, April 2nd, the next day. Go ahead.
0: Engaged at Elder Richard's again uh, office with Elders Kimball Smith revising church history. Okay.
1: Okay. Week and a half later, April 13th, 1845, with elders Heber C. Kimball, W. Richards, and George A. Smith, reading and revising church history.
0: I just, yeah, let's keep going. Uh, So next day, we read and revised history all day.
1: Okay, two days later. I spent the day at Brother Hunter's in company with brothers Heber C. Kimball, Willard Richards, George A. Smith, and Newell K. Whitney, revising
0: history. And the next day, revising history, same as yesterday. Okay, so... (laughs) Conspiracy
1: theory, right? This isn't happening. This is is his own writings. He's telling you what he's doing. April 20th, three days later, we read and revised 57 pages of history of Joseph Smith from book B.
0: So here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, no, we still got more. Let's keep going. Then I'll comment. Okay. Okay. Then now jump to May 18, 1845. Met with elders. He received Kimball, John Taylor, George A. Smith, and at Brother Taylor's. We revised a portion of history of Joseph Smith.
1: Next day, May 19th, I spent the day with brothers Heber C. Kimball and George A. Smith revising history.
0: And then the next day, again, he elders H.C. Kimball, Orson Pratt, George A. Smith, and myself engaged revising church history. Okay.
1: November 8th, quite a ways later, several months, revising history in company with brothers Heber C. Kimball, Willard Richards, and George A. Smith. Okay. So, do we have evidence that Brigham Young was involved in revising history, Dustin? There's his theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is what we call proof, um, because he said it himself. So that's, or I guess we call that confession.
1: Um, and he name dropped at least six people in those uh, of, as well of were, the of the, of the twelve. Him.
0: Yep. So here's the question that we need to ask when we're looking at this. So why are we, why are we revising history at all? Why aren't we just publishing what was said? Like they got it wrong in their own journals. Is that is that what's up? Like all these guys that have been keeping journals for these 14 years or eight, 15 years, 1829 to 1844 of the during that restoration during Joseph's lifetime as the as the prophet, did they get it all wrong that they had to spend that much time revising it? So so you can you can throw out uh the the testimony that oh they're trying to change things to suit their own new order of things. You th- go ahead and throw that out. For a second, and say, okay, let's just pretend that he's just said whatever. We have to look at these statements from Brigham himself and say, why are we revising all this history all day, all these days? All these men, they are working overtime, they are working hard and diligently to go. It looks like they're trying to go through everything. Why would, if people are telling the truth the whole time? From 1829 to 1844, why do we have to go back and make sure they're telling the truth? We just say, here's the history. Here it is. Boom. Right? I don't know. Am I saying too much? What's going on?
1: That's a good question. So, the, uh, yeah, I <laughs> should we keep going. We're <laughs> yeah, not done yet. We're not even done. We're just warming up. All right. So November 10th, 1845, Brigham Young I spent the day with elders Heber C. Kimball, Willard Richards, and George A. Smith revising church history. Several of the 12 and others called in the afternoon. We consulted on the subject of purchasing the copyright of Mother Smith's history. This is Lucy Mack Smith's history. Uh Uh-oh. And concluded to settle with Brother Howard Coray for his labor in compiling the same. It's History of the Church, Volume 7. Now, a footnote. The work of this compiling of Mother Smith's History, right, was finally published under the direction of President Joseph F. Smith in Salt Lake City in October 1901. It was revised by elders George A. Smith um, and Elias Smith. I've seen that name. Yep, both were polygamists, um, very well rooted in the new order of things, Um, close relatives of the author. So it looks like Lucy Mack Smith's uh, history was, was at least edited or compiled or c- collaborated by George A. Smith, the same guy who was doing the History of the Church stuff with Brigham Young as far as yeah, revisions I mean, go.
0: Yeah, so they they purchased the copyright, and then they got one of their historians to revise that. And that, that will be a great episode in of itself if and when we can get to it because um, we have the LDS version of Lucy Max Smith's history, and then we have the RLDS version of lucy mack smith's history that is still available that they had that manuscript still and they've got it published so you can compare them um so it's interesting it's interesting to look at that but let's keep moving on for now but we just have that another witness of changing
1: oh we're back to brigham young's journal so or his his writings why don't you take the next ones okay so
0: november 11th forenoon Elders Willard Richards and George A. Smith revising history. Afternoon, Elder Kimball and I joined them and assisted in revising history. And then again, about two weeks later, November 24th, still 1845, 10 a.m., Brother Heber C. Kimball and I called at the historian's office and read history with Dr. Richards and George A. Smith. Well, that doesn't say revise history, but why would they be spending all day? You see all these entries, you know what they're doing. They're revising it. Same day, at the historian's office with Elder George A. Smith and revised, there it is, 50 pages of history. Same day, Elders Willard Richards and George A. Smith read and revised history to the end of 1843. They're not just reading history for fun. They're trying to make sure things are the way... They're trying to make sure that history is the way they want it to be. And my biggest question is,
1: why are a bunch of apostles sitting around reading and rewriting history when they should be out preaching? Right? They should be out in the world, you know, traveling ministers. Anyway... (laughs) why they're in charge of the history nobody knows but they're certainly invested in changing it and revising it right we have a revision right some people say well there's nothing wrong with revising it you can just be adding like punctuation and stuff like that sure but when you have a draft if you're writing an essay and you have a rough draft and then you go and revise it for your final copy like are those unsubstantial changes
0: well Uh, and and here's the thing even though we're not diving in deep here the Joseph Smith papers shows us what those drafts looks like. So, so you can't just imagine in your mind, oh, well, they're just little things. No, you actually pull them up and look at them and go, whoa, look at that whole page blank, whole page crossed out, whole page this, the margin saying, uh, let's, we're going to change that. And then you get to the final draft. So it's a very, um, very, very particularly revised set of uh, pieces of information from all these dates that they're trying to like set it up it's it's very meticulous is I think the word I'm looking for yeah
1: yeah for why, sure.
0: why why would it be meticulous if we're just trying to show what everyone said what everyone had in their journals that's history that's history just what well, it says the, it, was,
1: it was done by Brigham Young under his strict supervision right I don't what, why is so strict you know um all right so here's another one 1857 August 2nd it is said in journal of discourses Volume five, page ninety-nine. Brigham young. Quote Brother Heber says that it that the music is taken out of his sermons when Brother Carrington clips out a word here and there. And I have taken out the music from mine. And I know that I have seen the day when let the man use language like Brother Heber has today. What did he swear or something? I don't know. And many would apostatize from the true faith. In printing my remarks, I often omit. The sharp words, though they are perfectly understood and applicable here, probably referring to a public setting. So would Brigham Young ever edit someone's sermon? Well, I don't know. He just admitted he would do it to himself. And he's supportive of Brother Carrington clipping out Brother Heber's swear words at conference or whatever it is, right? Right. So the idea of would they ever change a sermon that was ever written? Let's look at what they did in their own lifetimes,
0: right? They're not bashful about it. Do you want to do the next one? Yeah. So, continuing from Journal of Discourses, Volume Thirteen, I have never yet preached a sermon, and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call Scripture. Hmm. Wait. I'll read that again. I've never yet preached a sermon and sent it out to the children of men that they may not call Scripture.
1: Wait. I thought his sermons were better than Scripture, according to what he wanted inserted. <laughs> okay. Never
0: mind. Never so, bad. but but th- that's a that's a very bold statement right there. That every sermon that he sent out, that he preached and then sent out, that they should call it Scripture, the Word of the Lord, mind of the Lord, will of, will of the Lord, and the Word of God unto the for the salvation of the children of men, you know, let me have the privilege of correcting a sermon, and it is as good Scripture as they deserve. And then some people might say, well, if he got it wrong, it's because it was as good a Scripture as they deserved, so then they're maybe justifying his claim because we know that the church has abandoned some of the teachings that, that Brigham gave and maybe never even uh, espoused them because they were they were a bit radical or out there and not um, not parallel with what is in the Book of Mormon. Uh, but maybe the, the people didn't deserve it.
1: Didn't but deserve yeah, maybe, maybe the about.
0: people just didn't deserve the truth. Right. I guess.
1: All right. Next quote. Brigham Young has said, this is him saying, quoting himself, um, Brigham Young has said when he sends forth his discourses to the world they may call them scripture I say now when they are copied and approved by me they are as good scripture as is couched in this bible
0: Interesting there Yep uh, so yeah just just bold claims there for sure Okay so William Smith the younger brother to the prophet Joseph uh, this is this was published in the Warsaw Signal in late 1845. Brigham Young, John Taylor, and Willard Richards, with the appointed bishops, have assumed the publishing of the church documents, the Book of Covenants, which is Doctrine and Covenants, and also Joseph's private history as their own property, entirely regardless of the rights of the Smith family as therewith connected. Now, a lot of people try and discredit William Smith because he ended up getting excommunicated um about around that same time. in fact, I think right after he published this stuff because he was in some he was in some disagreements and some skiffs with Brigham and others in the 12 uh, And there's more on that that we can cover as time goes on in other episodes because there's a lot there. However, if we just simply take what's here from this time period instead of what everyone had to say later to try and discredit him, he has his own testimony. He is a brother of Joseph, he was a member of the 12. He was right there. He was the only surviving male uh, Smith boy at this point because Samuel had died right after Joseph and Hiram. So it was just William. And um, yeah, he had some interesting things to say in addition to this. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, so let's, let's look at some of the, we'll get into more of these documents later on, as far as like inspecting the changes themselves. This is just an overview of of who did it and why, and was it even done? Right. Hopefully we answered that question for you tenfold with, you know, over 50 references. Um, But Joseph Smith's history, here's, here's an example of an addenda in page two of book A1, Joseph Smith's manuscript history. Now this addenda was written after Joseph Smith died it didn't exist while he was alive. And it was written in first person. How you write? Yeah. Think about that it. logically. Like someone's writing, like I, Joseph Smith did this many, many years after Joseph Smith died. What on earth constitutes that being an honest, you know, uh, representation of history? So, and, and look at the number of changes made here, right? I mean, just
0: cross out, cross out see, arrow here has been
1: through all kinds of revisions, right? I mean, Don't include just, that
0: section, add some words in here.
1: Joseph Smith writing it in his own words. I did this this day, you know, or whatever. And someone's later like scratching it out. No, you didn't. Here's what you did instead. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, we're kind of sarcastic on some of these things, but, uh, do you see the, do you see the issues here as an honest viewer of this show? Like, Do you see what we're getting at? Um, and this is what we want to bring this up so that you're aware of it, right? Just know that history is not always what it reads on the, on the pages of saints volume, whatever, just understand that stuff has been changed. So hopefully this inspires you to go and to dig deeper and to, to try to figure more stuff out for yourself instead of relying on the arm of flesh and just reading whatever's been spoon fed to you and believing it. Right. So modern church leaders, Dustin, uh, what do the church leaders say today? They can see all the same stuff that you and I are seeing. They have access to the same stuff we do. Right. You know, well, and did. for
0: the longest time, they were the only ones that did. Because we didn't have the Joseph Smith papers. They had access to it, but we didn't have access. Uh, your second question, has Joseph Smith's, Smith's history been changed from the original history? No. No changes have been made in meaning in any way. No changes have been made in meaning in any way. So well, that's interesting. That
1: Because look at this. There's changes in meaning everywhere.
0: Right. Well, I mean, and I guess some people could listen to that and say, well, I'd have to go in and look at every single example to see if the meaning has changed. Sure. You absolutely would. And honestly, it would not take long for you to find an example where the meaning was changed. Um, In fact, there's already been tons of videos created on that kind of thing, but hopefully we can get some good ones. our,
1: Our next episodes will be dozens upon dozens of examples of stuff that was changed
0: so here's Hugh Nibley similar statement there have been no changes in Joseph Smith's history Hmm. interesting interesting claim how about uh, Joseph Fielding Smith
1: yeah so check this out the most important history in the world is the history of our church and it is the most accurate history in all the world it must be so. It must be so. It must be so, so it's true.
0: More it should be so,
1: right? Uh Yeah, so, I mean, didn't Joseph Smith say that the Book of Mormon was the most correct book on Earth? It's a history book, right? <laughs> so, so, like, I guess the Church History Volumes 1 through 7, in his Trump mind, to that. were
0: more accurate than even... The even after was. all the revisions. Well, maybe that's what made it accurate. It was so false. Every every journal entry was false had to be revised. I don't know. I don't know. Makes
1: you wonder if they even read some of the churches, right? I mean... All right, John A. Widso. Okay, so How here, about this guy. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. so John A. Widso. We've got. Um, he was an apostle, I believe, for a
1: time. Maybe first presidency, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I recognize the names, but don't always know all their positions. Um, Joseph was sincere, or he would have permitted some events to be hidden and only major concerns of the church to come before the public. There was no undercover planning in his work. There was nothing to hide. The use of the modern printing press ensured the continued existence of the correct history of the church. The history of the church and the utterances therein contain, if read properly, a continued evidence that Joseph Smith told the truth. Throughout all his writings runs the simple spirit of truth. There is in them no attempt to cover up any act of his life. Okay, and yet, We claim that he covered up polygamy his entire life. Mormon history and doctrine have been carefully preserved in the published records of the church, and all has been published. All has been published? Hmm. The history of Joseph Smith, published by the church, as to events and dates, may be accepted as an unusually accurate historical document.
1: Are they usually not accurate, the stuff they produce?
0: (laughs) It will increase in importance with the years, and become more and more a proof, a proof of the honest sincerity of the founders of the church in this dispensation. The history is trustworthy. No flaws have been found in it. Okay, these statements, we have a couple of issues here, and (laughs) in these statements, look, I agree with him that Joseph Smith told the truth. I agree with him that, that Joseph had zero attempt to cover up any act of his life. I agree, and Joseph said as much, but when we compare that to what the what the church history and Brigham Young and the church today and Saints Volumes 1 and 2 says about his life and everyone that all the everyone that uh, signed affidavits decades after his death, that he was covering up, that he was covering up polygamy, that he was covering up spiritual wifery, um, polyandry, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Um, and the, all these different cover-ups and whatever was going on, all these different events. Uh, and then in addition to that, no flaws have been found in it. So it's like, well. So no history was revised because we just read that there was.
1: Yeah. What well, what are you revising if there's no flaws in it?
0: Right. If yeah, if the history just, was uh, accurate, how come we've weird. revised any of it?
1: Just weird. Okay.
0: Very <laughs> curious statement. Okay. So
1: Richard n- Van Wagner. This guy's kind of a read this one. History guy. The official quote The official history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was published in book form under the direction of the first presidency in 1902. That's the B.H. Roberts edition, right? Yep. The introductory assurance that, quote, no historical or doctrinal statement has been changed, unquote, is demonstrably wrong. Oh, here we go. Overshadowed by editorial censorship, hundreds of deletions, additions, and alterations, these seven volumes are not always reliable. The 19th century propaganda mill was so adroit that few outside Brigham Young's inner circle were aware of the -the behind-the-scenes alterations so seamlessly stitched into the church history. The Quorum of the Twelve, under Brigham Young's leadership, began altering the historical record shortly after Smith's death. And remember, that date was April 1st, 1845.
0: Look at that phrase, altering the historical record. Altering
1: Altering. LDS church history. Yep, that's our, our episode. Contrary to the introduction's claim, Smith did not author the history of the church. Yeah, they still put his name under it. They still say it's from him. It's crazy. Um, See, Contrary to the introduction's claim, Smith did not author the history of the church. At the time of his 1844 death, the narrative had been written up to August 5th, 1838. Right. The entire Nauvoo chapter did not involve Joseph Smith's um, involvement, right?
0: right as and then, so. and then that entire chapter prior, all the way to eighteen thirty-eight, was revised,
1: mm-hmm. and that was again Richard Van Wagener.
0: Okay, so so let's change gears to more today or very recent our lifetime, and we get um, statements. Some are saying that the church has been hiding the fact that there's more than one version of the first vision, which is just not true. The facts are, we don't study, we don't go back and search what has been said on the subject. For example, Dr. James B. Allen of BYU in 1970, he produced an article for the church magazines explaining all about the different versions of the first vision.
1: He's saying, we don't study, we don't go back and search. Right. It's Interesting. interesting.
0: Okay, then going on, but he continues. It's this idea that the church is hiding something, which we would have to say as two apostles that have covered the world and know the history of the church. Wait, so do they study or don't they? Because I didn't know the history. Of how, the, how do the
1: they history know history. it if they've never read it and studied it?
0: Yeah, I I didn't know it until I studied it. Right. And know the integrity of the first presidency and the quorum of the twelve from the beginning of time. Okay. So they know the integrity of all the first presidencies and all the quorum of the twelves from always beginning there has been no Including attempt Judas. on the part in any way of the church leaders trying to hide anything from anybody well that would mean that would mean him saying that that joseph smith never tried to hide anything or that brigham young never tried to hide anything or which is interesting because it conflicts it either conflicts the, or contradicts the idea that joseph tried to hide anything or then maybe someone has been trying to hide something because we see all these revisions and all these changes and things don't line up yeah, and things don't line up then, omitted had better be omitted. So now he continues. Now we've had the Joseph Smith papers, which is great, fantastic. We didn't have those where they are in our hands now. And so we're learning more about the prophet Joseph. Well why does he say we because they've had access to it the whole time. So just trust us, just trust us wherever you are in the world and you share this message with anyone else who raises the question about the church not being transparent. We are as transparent as we know how to be in telling the truth. We have to do that. That's the Lord's way. Well, telling the truth is the Lord's way. We have no disagreement or qualms with him there. Um, But it is a proven fact that the church hasn't always been transparent. Now, he says, oh, we're doing as we know how to be. That was his statement in 2017. Uh, That's weird because they've had access to the stuff the whole time. I mean, or did did they just have all this stuff sitting in the vaults and no one ever looked at it? For decades and decades and decades, until Joseph Smith Papers came about, I don't know. Is that do we know? Do you have any idea on that?
1: I don't know. All I know is that Deseret News deleted that article shortly after this thing was published.
0: Interesting. Yep, so, and that was
1: from a young single adult face-to-face event involving M. Russell Ballard and one of his companions. I don't remember which member of the Twelve, but it was another apostle. So this initially showed up in the Deseret News under the title Elder Oaks and Ballard. No, it was Elder Oaks. Okay, so he was there. Elder Oaks and Ballard answer tough questions in face-to-face broadcast.
0: They had and to the, delete it because the uh, statements it's, it's were no not longer. Finished.
1: So there's still a video of it. And so the timestamp for this particular quote from M. Russell Ballard is at about the 46-minute mark or so. So
0: so that means that these statements that he made are demonstrably false. unfortunately. Those, now, have been,
1: those have been removed from the history as well in the form of right. recanting newspaper articles in the Deseret News.
0: Okay, what's this one?
1: So one more thing to consider, and this is probably at the, the end point and and summarizes lots of, of what we've talked about today. Gerald and Sandra Tanner, they weren't always friendly to the LDS Church, but they were, they were active historians. They did a lot of research. They, they know a lot of their things. They've d- dug into the documents decades ago, long before the, you know, the internet was really as big as it was today. Um, So they said, quote, the Mormon historians evidently feel that more converts can be won to the church with a bogus history than with a true factual one. It is apparently felt that the truth will not bear its own weight. And that little forgery here and there is not wrong. As long as it helps win converts to the church, men go to prison for the crime of forgery however the mormon church leaders seem to be immune from punishment because it's a religious document that they have falsified perhaps someday the members of the church will demand an honest history and that the secret manuscripts be made available and that was gerald and sandra tanner taken from changes in joseph smith's history
0: pages so, seven through nine. so what can you tell the listeners about who gerald and sandra tanner are like what do you have much background information on them? To, so why 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 was he talking about this? What was going on there? Like who who was he? So they were. Was, was he anti? Was he what? Uh,
1: I think they probably became such. Um, but you know they published a lot of things about church history. They were very big into going to the archives, seeing mm-hmm. documents for themselves. They were pioneers in the idea of inspecting documents and looking for looking for things that just didn't make sense.
0: In other words, they were they were early versions of those of us that are diving into the Joseph Smith papers now on our own and noticing Mm -hmm. these changes. And they did a
1: lot of the stuff without Joseph Smith papers. Right. So tip tip my hat to them. They spent a lot of time digging through archives and microfiche or whatever else you call it.
0: Yeah. When it's not indexed, you have to read all that cursive, all that handwriting, which, wow, it's tough.
1: And, and they became disenchanted, of course, like most people do when they when they discover betrayal and dishonesty and you know propaganda and things. So um, but you know, to each their own. We don't we're not here to decide right. what's true and what's not. We're just showing you that, hey, this story um and the modern quotes from from people in the church saying, hey, we've never tried to change history. We've never altered it, we've never tried to hide anything from anybody. Those things are demonstrably false. And that's what we're trying to demonstrate today is that you guys need to look a little deeper before you um, swallow some of these belief systems, hook, line and sinker.
0: Try and figure out where the pieces are and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know, we're not trying to tear down faith
1: by showing you these things, you know, faith is the faith involves things that are true. First of all. So if you have faith in something that's not true, it's not faith. So I'll, I'll attack that all day long. Right? So if you're, if your religion is truth and you want to know what happened, um you just have to get into these weeds you have to stop outsourcing your intelligence and your brain power and your belief systems to somebody else some talking head within the church or on the news i mean it's all the same concept you have to take responsibility for your own learning and your own relationship with god and and you know if history is your jam then you have to you have to open the books yourself and analyze what may or may not have happened and and you might not always know 100% but a lot of this is about reducing uncertainty, what are the odds of this happening given these circumstances, right? So um, we're just trying to help you guys learn the skills to be able to critically think, to be investigators on some of these historical documents so that you can learn more of the truth. We like the truth, big fan.
0: Amen to that. Yeah, so this is, again, lot Lots of general examples about the church history having been revised. So look for future episodes on more specific examples where we can compare uh, what ended up going into the history or what's versus what maybe existed around it with other sources that uh, that might contradict it. so so stay tuned, and we're excited to get those out there. Thanks for listening if you like this show share it with your people join the conversation on facebook youtube or hemlockknots.com where you'll find show notes and source material for these subjects and much
1: more